0: Welcome to another episode of Thick and Thin, where ball is always life. I'm your host, Karthik, here with my co-host, Nitin. What's well, good, man? What's up, man? Um,
1: it was a long, long wait, but we are back. Sports are officially resumed. And, you know, sports in some form have been going on for a couple of months, but
0: real big four American sports, were back. It feels good, man. And don't bury the lead. The big news that came out today... For your Washington, we can't call them the Redskins anymore, and now newly dubbed the Washington football team, <laughs> Uh, which you didn't seem to be that amused by. You know, you were like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, they don't have the time to get the branding, the jerseys, all that. But I found it hilarious, man, and Twitter was roasting, roasting them. I wasn't
1: ready to go all like, let me just crush this team. I took the analytical route. Like, do people really expect I know nobody stops and thinks about anything and just wants to get the good <laughs> joke off. Do people really expect this team is going to come out with a full rebrand a month after you know some protests happened and people started raising awareness? Now, we've talked about this. The Redskins have been an issue for people for decades, right? This isn't a new topic. But yep. Dan Snyder was so steadfast in his arrogance to believe this would never change that I'm sure he put 0% thought into it until, you know, he got a fire lit under his ass again.
0: Yeah, a smart franchise would have had a backup plan, would have had some things trademarked, a couple of things in the works ready to go. Um clearly the Redskins didn't. Uh but or the Washington football team didn't. Yeah, you have to But um And I I get it, man. I get it. It's just still so funny because it's funny. Has this
1: ever happened? I don't think this has ever happened in pro sports. I don't think so. in the
0: US and part of me was wondering why they couldn't have had a temporary name. And then they could have still had the blank jerseys. They're not selling any merch, but just a temporary name that they've already trademarked. They're good to go with. And for one season, they're the Washington Sentinels or something. I think it would have just, like, grounded people to a name or anchored people on a name that wasn't
1: it. So what's the point of going to Sentinels for a year if you're then going to go to the Red Wolves or whatever it is? Like, the Washington football team, I understand it's – it. I, is this crazy? I kind of like it. Like, it kind of has this, like, weird, like, dystopian kind of appeal to me where nothing matters and the jerseys are blank the jerseys are actually kind of sick the jerseys are nice i yeah i do think about this snyder gets to sell because they may sell this new version right where you have washington written instead of redskins and like the jersey is pared down a little bit then you get to sell a brand new version next season
0: yeah, no, it'll be a hot item, right? Because everyone wants to like remember the season that they're the football team. Yeah, this is historic. Man, this is something like if you created a team in Madden and then you forgot to put in a name, yeah. so it just defaults to football team. Um I don't know.
1: Interestingly, we see this in soccer all the time. Yeah. Like this wait. is a soccer term. Like what? No, like like FC, like uh you know, oh, FC yeah, FC Barcelona yeah, yeah, or like fair. whatever. I couldn't think of any team, like Liverpool <laughs> FC. Like, Liverpool is the city they play in, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, FC yeah. Football Club. So this happens all the time in soccer, but in the NFL or really any other American sport, you haven't seen it until now. I think, look, the whole franchise is such a fucking joke. I mean, it has been for basically the entirety of Snyder's tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the report that came come out last week, or maybe it was even earlier this week, I'm losing track of the days, about all the sexual harassment, like, it didn't even strike me as surprising, which is sad, right? Anything yeah. that could go wrong did go wrong for this team, and it's not going to change until you know Snyder's out. It's very similar to probably
0: how Knicks fans feel with James Dolan. Yeah, I mean, it worked out. It worked out in his favor the way the hype was building around that story, and then ultimately, I mean, it was still a big story, but because there was so much attention around it and so yeah. many kind of um, false. Uh, false for reports around what was going to yeah. be in it. it it fell flat a little which was unfortunate but but not a good day for dc sports in general though right because i think there's some other news uh covid related news that hit Yeah.
1: So we had opening day the nationals i don't know if you remember we started this podcast living together <laughs> through the the amazing historic uh sensational nationals world series title run so they they finally came back 60 game season starting today and Our best player, Juan Soto, tested positive. And this is so, you know, maybe this is the tie to to the NBA and getting back on topic. But baseball didn't seem like they had any sort of plan for what's exactly to happen, Um, not just in terms of testing frequency, but also, um, you know, they're playing in their home stadiums. They're obviously traveling to and from other stadiums. Right. Even though it's all private airlines, there's not flying commercial or anything, but they're still going through airports. They're doing a lot of those things. And then, you know, how long did those results take to get back? And how long has Soto just been around the team before they're able to pull him?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's the scary part. Like, the ripple effects could be huge. There's no bubble. There's no way to to know what the extent is yet. So, yeah. I don't know, and man. i like, suggesting
1: just... a bubble, right? Yeah. We have to be clear. Like, the NBA was in a unique position to use this. Yeah. But... It won't work for other sports for a lot of reasons.
0: It won't for a lot of reasons. I mean, the NFL, just the sheer volume of, of players and you know staff, it won't work. And, and will be even though it's a distant sport, like you said, you still have to go hotels. You still have to go into stadiums. There's so many areas in which you can, can uh, contract Yeah, it. and where
1: are you going to have all these playing fields all together, right? Like, where are they going to be... In the NFL, yeah. if you're going to have 16 fields somewhere together, like it's just not feasible. A basketball court is much, much smaller. And yeah. they just had so many fewer games
0: left to finish. And you can build a basketball court, right? Like they can take their venues. You can just take as long as there's space. You can lay out the the tiles and create a basketball court, bring in hoops. You can't do that with football and baseball. So I don't know. Um, it's not a good start. Definitely not a good start, especially for a high-profile player to, to get it.
1: Right. And it really made me think because, you know, he's out and the show goes on, right? They obviously played today. Um, And it was very similar to thinking about, okay, what if this happens in basketball? It's going to be the same. A star gets it, he's out and the show goes on. In basketball, and in this particular instance, it's much, much more impactful than, you know, game one of a 60 game season. He's gone for, you know, maybe the first two weeks. Now we're talking. A two weeks could be a playoff series. And this is always the question that boils down to is what's going to happen when a star or a near star is infected. And even if we're not even talking spread, right, we're not even talking a breakout. We're just talking that particular player being gone. It's going to totally shake. I mean, if there's one thing that would bring an asterisk to the season, it's that. It's not the resumption after a four-month layoff.
0: It's strictly, you know, coronavirus uh, affecting the rosters. I'm starting to think that coronavirus will actually will not be an, have an impact on the NBC's knock on wood. I yeah. think that the issue might be some of these guys who are leaving for family emergencies. Now, granted, I don't know what they are, but yeah. you had Zion leave. You had yeah. Lou Williams leave. Or not Lou Williams, sorry, Patrick Beverly, uh, yeah. Montez Harrell. What yeah. if Giannis needs to leave? What if LeBron needs to leave? And like you said, it's yeah. not just a... If these guys leave, they have to come back, quarantine. Like, you're missing a good chunk of time. And then what happens? Like, you got to put an asterisk, right? Like, Giannis is not playing for a two-week stretch, um, three-week stretch. It changes everything. So I'm starting to worry about – and I don't know what these reasons are. Like, if it's because their family members are contracting things. And and guys like LeBron are going to pretty much say no and stay in the bubble. But you never know, right? If Chris Middleton leaves – how do you that's do you still a think- major yeah
1: yeah Zion sounded like it was a serious issue right I think JJ Reddick and a couple others had come out and you know offered him well wishes and just said they really feel bad for what he's going through so you know we don't exactly know what uh Beverly and Harold left for we already know that Dennis Schroeder and Gordon Hayward are expecting kids during the bubble time and yep. they both said that they're going to leave for it right and the thing is, in a normal circumstance, if it's an off day, you go be with the birth of your kid, you wouldn't miss that for the world. Just because you now have this extended two-week time wrap around it, it's still the birth of your kid, right? You can't yep. say, I'm not going to do it because it's now going to add time to the schedule. So you're still going to do it. Um, what's interesting is they basically have this protocol that if you test posit- negative excuse me, for like a certain consecutive number of days outside the bubble – then when you come back, you only have to quarantine for like four days. So they're pulling the Zion corollary very yeah. early because I, I just don't understand. Do they like stuff 10 tests in his pocket on the way out? Like, where's he getting know. all these tests? Like while he's like living his, you know, whatever life is going on. Yeah, because who knows where he is, right?
0: I don't even I have no idea what how that's working. Are these tests real? Or are they just being reported <laughs> just as such? Straight. Like we have no clue. Placebo. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um.
1: <clears throat> So we started exhibition play yesterday. Um, it felt really weird. I think we, you and I were texting, and it, it almost felt like we were watching some type of tape, like, you know, like game from several years ago. Like, I'm just not in the mindset that basketball is even ongoing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing was everyone looked a little different. Like, I mean, I was watching the Kings, and some of these guys had long hair, and everyone just yeah. looked a little different, right? So it wasn't like we just took the NBA season and it started right back again. It feels like just a different point in time, different, total different context. Yeah, uh, kind of surreal. Mello is skinny. Yeah, Mellow is skinny. Uh, Jared Dudley, like man, he was looking yeah. so chunky today. Um, he was always
1: God. kind of like you know teetering he, a little. He bit. was like, yeah, I he's always imagine. like
0: that. But I think he really let himself go um, with yeah, that. I Can't quarantine. imagine four months with great form. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. What were your? What were some of the takeaways you had watching these games?
1: So the number one thing, let's just talk the court, right? Cause I was really curious for what the like presentation would look like. I thought it looked really cool. Like you have the black lives matter. You have kind of like, they have these screens around it has the teams names and like, there's a bunch of like interactive video stuff. Uh, the one thing that was, I wish they'd done is color the out of bounds. Yeah. Because it really looks like summer league ish high school ish with like the same <laughs> color of the floor. I, yeah. I, I know that's, picking nits and I'm not, I don't mean to do that, but it's also hard to like see who's in bounds, who's not like, it almost feels instinctively that I should be looking for volleyball court lines. Like while I'm trying to watch the game, but other than that, like I thought the viewing experience was, was good. I mean, even with the summer league field, then you see Paul George do something ridiculous and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, these are the real guys.
0: Yeah. The, the out of bounds, not being colored definitely makes a difference because that's what it like. Even if you're on a 2k, like practice floor, yeah or a summer league game like that's the vibe you get right let alone a high school gym so i uh i agree with that i did like um i was hoping scrimmage games would at least have the logos and the the home courts but i guess it doesn't matter because i want to see how that
1: practice
0: yeah but i wanted to see what that would look like because right like would it feel kind of like a home game would it feel like you know the lakers are playing at the clippers etc yeah um And then the other crazy thing was that there was such a big gap between the baseline and, like, the stanchion. Yeah. And obviously there's no photographers, no one there. So, like, LeBron today had a breakaway dunk, and then he was able to just kind of run four feet after, right? So you don't have to hold back as much um, on some of these breakaway plays. But there's not as much room on the sides
1: because you don't have, like, the crowd that you would dive into. You kind of just have more of, like, barriers so it's weird. There's a lot of room on the baseline. And it looked like not as much room on certain parts mm-hmm. of the side where they had the screen, you know, where they have the benches and things like that. There's room. But I I don't know, like guys look pretty comfortable out there. Like we're not going to sit here and start breaking down X's and O's, but <laughs> they generally looked fine um, from what I watched. Like, you know, uh, one of the things we were talking about is there were so many of them that played, actually, which was almost a surprise. I thought they would take this really slow, yeah. but. You go down the list just in the first two days, Giannis, Jokic, Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, AD, Luka, they were all on the court. Um, and most notably, I should mention, Victor Oladipo played today, which um, I think, was that against Sacramento?
0: No, no, that was against Portland.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and, and like, he had, he had been kind of on the fence about whether he's going to come back. The fact that he's playing in the first place, play-in game or the first exhibition game gives me a lot of hope that he's gonna actually suit up.
0: I was shocked at who all suited up. Like you have the Clippers, Kawhi, Paul George, Jokum Noah's back out there. Um, that was weird. It was weird. Like all these guys are playing and I'm I'm wondering I get that they all want to kind of get back into shape quick. Um but first scrimmage I really didn't expect these guys to start playing. So I it's a it's a nice little sign and I think I think teams are going to take it a little bit more seriously than we originally thought. Like we were joking about how a lot of these teams, like there's no maybe the Wizards are different because they <laughs> literally have no incentive. But the Spurs, the Suns, I feel like all these teams are taking it pretty seriously. So I think
1: you're a professional, right? And you're there, um, and you're there. You you've committed to it, so you're going to go hard. Like none of these guys want draft picks. The draft picks take their jobs. Like it's this. It's yep. not as ruthless as it is in the NFL. But that's the reality. Like DeMar DeRozan, he's got to play for his next contract, right? Um, even with the Wizards, like Rui's trying to go out there and build on his rookie year. Like he's got to finish strong and make sure the Wizards, like the Wizards aren't going to trade him, but they got to know if he's their guy or not, right? Yeah. Like in terms of a real building block. And so everybody's got something to play for and everybody, I mean, the way they've set it up, um, yes, you could say like the Wizards, the Spurs and the Suns are a little bit more disadvantaged, but they still have a shot. No. You know, you play two good weeks of basketball and some other teams falter, you know, Zion's already out, right? The bubble, maybe you catch the Clippers and Beverly's not back yet or whatever happens. I mean, who knows? And then you're into That's the true. playoffs. A couple lucky breaks could change everything. We should be honest, like, yes, I think both of us fully expect the Lakers to A, retain the top spot and B, roll through to round two. But, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion in this this environment. We don't know what's going to happen. And so you kind of just have to, you know, I don't think that it changes who the favorites are, but I definitely think it creates more variance. And anytime you introduce more variance, you introduce a different set of results, which means other teams could win certain games they're not supposed to. Higher
0: variance favors the the worst teams. And I yeah. the other interesting thing and a lot of players have been talking about this is the it's it's a shooter's gym where there's no crowd behind the the hoop. There's yeah. no distraction or kind of depth perception that gets altered. It's just dark color, um, nothing behind the hoop. And so a lot of shooters are saying that's friendlier to them. It's easier for them for that depth perception, easier for them to kind of catch fire. And I'm not sure if that's going to translate, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see if teams just shoot better or if it favors certain types of teams because it's just a very different environment to be playing in. Um, it
1: definitely translated for Seth Curry today. He was 6 of 6 from deep. Um, yeah. Even yesterday, Duncan Robinson so, hit like yeah, four threes in case. like 15 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so you may be right, right? Like it may be that it's it's just easier because – one of the things that players always talk about is, especially this happens in college, when you go from your normal college stadiums to the final four, which usually take place in football stadiums, so they could sell more tickets, like getting to a view with that depth perception with that many more seats behind you is really, really hard. Right. Because yep. it's just totally disorienting. I yep. think the way they've done it now, it's that there is room behind it. And so it doesn't feel like you're playing in a much different uh size or 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 space configuration of the of the stadium versus what you're used to
0: yeah i mean you must you've noticed that on the united center right when you're back in the booth keller game you're running on the united center floor
1: i've never been more tired in my life than the one trip i took up and down (laughs) the court not to mention i'm on a breakaway right like i'm going for a dunk like i'm trying to set this house on fire the the pregame TV guys are on the court doing their like little like oh, introduction yeah. to the game. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to like make a name for myself. You're talking about <laughs> Robin Lopez's like post up game right now. Like, what's going on? And um, it was fun. That was a fun experience, but it was a train wreck in every sense oh, of the word. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: it was fun to watch though. Um But, but uh, yeah, man. Like yeah. overall, the games the games are uh, have been good. Any. I don't think there's anything to take away from them, so yeah. obviously, you can't, no point in reading into any of the results, like um, the Clippers winning yesterday or, or whatever. But
1: uh, so I'm we just gotta glad. Talk to
0: about Bowl, Bowl. One other thing, yeah. Before we go to Bulbul, the other thing I did like in terms of the presentation, I imagined in the scrimmages these guys would be wearing like the practice jerseys or summer You're league jerseys. Like summer league jerseys. I love the fact that they wore the act. It felt like a an actual game. Did you um, really think they were going to wear practice jerseys? I mean, it's a real game. It's a like preseason. I, I know, but they don't even call it preseason. They call it I mean, I guess they can't call it preseason cuz it's the same yeah. season, but they call it scrimmage. Right? When you think scrimmage, you're thinking of yeah. just like lights darks. Um I so, think
1: I, um I think I'll, you know, in terms of playing time by the way, I think a lot of these guys are going to treat this like the NFL players treat preseason cuz there's only like 3 or 4 games per team, right? Like 3 games. Yeah. So I think you play a little bit in the first, sit the second, maybe play in the third, maybe not, depending on how you feel. Um, The other weird thing before we get to Bowl Bowl, 10 minute quarters, which must have thrown everyone off. Yeah, Um, they haven't played that way since since I mean, a 40 minute game since uh, since college. And it must be very odd to like because even like guys have rhythm, right? You talk to like people who come off the bench or people who sub out like everyone, you know, I know like John Walls. Always like, all right, I played the full full first quarter, then I go out for six minutes, then I play the rest of the half. And that works out to, like, 36 minutes a game. And, like, guys just have
0: that, like, regimen in their mind. So it must be odd to, like, switch it off a little bit. But Yeah, and coaches, too, like your rotations. You can't even yep. run through your normal rotations because the timing is off, right? So, right. Um, so yeah, Bol, Bol lit up the whiz. Um, I think
1: he only finished with, like, 15 points. It wasn't anything crazy, but
0: yeah, he like had six it. for 14.
1: Yeah, he hasn't played in a real game since um, December 2018, right? And what's crazy about him is he was a five-star recruit just a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's not like he came out of nowhere. He obviously is Manute Bull's son, um, so he's got NBA pedigree. He's a five-star. Then he had he had foot issues at Oregon, so they shut him down after like eight or nine games. And look, seven-foot-two with foot issues, that was enough to – plummet him from what was originally was a top 10 pick all the way down yeah, to 45. top five potentially yeah, yeah. especially because the draft like we didn't know yet about you know we knew zion was going to be great we knew um rj barrett but you know john morant was nowhere to be talked about then and like deandre hunter like some of the guys that went in the top five were not really top prospects at the time and um he if he could put it together and stay healthy his skill set is really unique i mean he's got guard-like skills at that height he can legit dribble he can shoot um he's a i mean i can't imagine how many times he's getting it at the ball stolen from him dribbling as a seven foot
0: two player but it was kind of impressive you know not nothing no it was it was it and a lot of teams were on Twitter and stuff like that. People, fans were like, why didn't we take him? How could we pass up on this guy? Yeah, um, but But I don't trust those guys, that frame, man. I just don't trust it. I, I've seen it. I, we have seen a lot of tantalizing kind of maybe not seven feet, but like six, ten guys out on the wing, and none of them have really panned out. I don't.
1: Perry Jones the <laughs> Perry
0: Jones, yeah, that's a perfect That was my boy. Is he Baylor? He was Baylor. He was yeah. supposed to be the next KD. Yeah, so I don't know. But, I mean, it was very impressive. I, I won't lie. Like, that sequence he had where he, he blocked the shot off the backboard and came back, scored on the other end. Yeah, um, pull-up three. Pull-up three. It was It was impressive. It was fun to watch. It was just one of those things where it's like, my whole thing is if you're in a second round pick and you're in the mid
1: forties, like why not take a chance? Like this guy has obviously got a good skill set. It's not like he's an unproven Euro who played against like Division Seven Israeli basketball that you've never even heard of. He played for Oregon I and mean, he he was dominating at Oregon. I know he didn't play anybody in the non-conference schedule, but you know, he was putting up big numbers at Oregon. It's a second round pick. You're trying to hit on those picks, right? It doesn't always have to be about safe depth because a lot of those guys end up sucking anyway. Why not? Like, we took some scrub senior from Tennessee. He He's not an NBA guy. He's not
0: going to make the team next year. At least you take a yeah. flyer with Bogle. I, I never understand why guys like that slide in the second round. I get it when they slide to the second round. But then it's like when every team has another shot, like, why wouldn't you go for the high ceiling, um, decent floor pick? But because a lot of those guys have first
1: round grades on players that didn't go in the first round.
0: Yeah, but then why wouldn't you take them in the second round if you had a first? But round No, grade?
1: that's who they're taking is my point, right? They're taking more of those like safe role player picks who they had ranked, let's say, 26. And the yeah. back half of the first round is such a crapshoot that. Um, you know, even the year we took Troy Brown, who another Oregon player, we took him at like 18 or 19, which is a huge reach. And, mm-hmm. and Brown may be a player we're still trying to figure it out, but he was projected by some to go in the thirties. Yeah. And so if you're, if you, you have that type of variability, then it's like Bol Bol keeps getting pushed down because everyone has him. let's say in the thirties because yeah. of those injury concerns. And he apparently is like a massive partier. So that's not
0: helping his <laughs> rehab. Yeah. Um anyone else stick out to you or did you hear about uh I think I mean um, Duncan Robinson you mentioned he was yeah man, he literally he had five threes in the first five, six minutes. I was watching that game.
1: Um yeah he, he looked good. Giannis looked great. I mean it's not as have you ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> not not a surprise, but just no rust, right? He was perfect yeah. from two point range. I mean, I really I struggle to think of any team that I really trust to beat the bucks in the east um you know assuming full health celtics raptors sixers whoever i just top to bottom just that defense Giannis. like i think it's all prime for a finals run for them
0: yeah i think i think they're gonna remind a lot i mean we were talking about it and it's fun a lot of people like to talk about who could beat them in the east but they they're looking really good um So I I don't know I mean I I would put my money on Toronto or Philly, uh, not Boston, no not Boston. Kemba's
1: knee issue knee issues are already flaring up again. The guy didn't get healthy over. I mean that's really concerning.
0: Yeah yeah wait so are, uh,
1: that's a reason not to pick Boston. Yeah no I'm agreeing with you. I'm like his yeah. knee issues didn't it didn't get better, which is which is not great to see.
0: Yeah yeah they they might be in trouble. I don't know. I think like you said there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of variability or variance, like in the east, especially. I think some of these teams, like Miami, Miami could who knows, like topple one of these better teams, right? Or the Sixers. Like I wouldn't be surprised with anything. Even Indiana somehow making a you know Old depot. If he comes back, he's looking pretty good. Like yeah. well, they could be a little scary too. So
1: yeah. Speaking of knee issues. So I go to my doctor for my six month follow up this, uh, this morning, actually, you know, since I had surgery back in January, yeah. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, my knee is still kind of hurting and just want to make sure like, am I cleared, so to speak, to, to return to action? Cause I, <laughs> I need to get down to the bubble. And he's like, yeah, you're cleared. Like, you know, it's fine. Like you have a little bit of a risk of re-injury. And I was like, okay, but why is it hurt? And then there's a famous bit. I know he's now, uh, not in good light, but from Louis CK when he's talking about his ankle problems as like yeah. a, an older person. And the doctor's like, You just got to keep doing these exercises. He's like, Till when? He's like, There is no till when. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's till you and that. your shitty ankle die.
0: <laughs> and that's how
1: I felt like my doctor was telling me today. He's like, Your knees just always going to hurt. I'm sorry. It's dumb. I'm like, uh... Okay, sick. He was like, uh, We could try to regrow the cartilage. I was like, um, I think. Being a consultant sitting at the desk, I may not need to go through that process. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) Send
1: me to Germany for the PRP treatment. (laughs) Um, Oh, one other thing. What do you think about the NBA awards not counting these eight game regular season in in voting? So voters have to turn in their ballots beforehand. What do you think about that?
0: I hate it. Um, But at the same time, I, I get why. I understand. That makes complete sense. Why? I I it. don't get it. I actually don't get it. Because it's weird. You only have a subset of the team is playing, right? Where other, like, there's other players in contention for those awards who aren't in the bubble. So it's weird to give uh, a guy who's on one of these teams another eight extra games to prove himself versus someone who just can't. And that's not their choice whatsoever. So that's the main reason. Um, so, and... I like the fact that they're still going to count the stats for these games, but it, it shouldn't really impact the awards. Now, it's not fair, and I I I don't like it because I want LeBron to win MVP, and there was no way he was going to win it. But you could come up with a scenario in which these last eight games, they go gung-ho. Let's say Giannis doesn't really play, the Bucks slip, um, LeBron put makes a case. He could have yeah. done it, and now that, that won't happen. So I don't like it, but I, I get why they did it. So I didn't really think about
1: the fact that there's guys in contention for the award that aren't there, which is fair, right? Yeah,
0: like they're not truly in contention because if you look at most of the top, like sixth man, all those guys are here. But yeah, that's the thing. That's the argument. But like All-NBA, which is a little less playoff. All-NBA, and then think about it. There's a lot of incentives and contract stuff tied to, to those awards. So it becomes really unfair when you're giving these guys another shot at it. Uh, at
1: first i was going to say that well the, they're allowing teams to be changing the standings because of those games so clearly they're saying they matter but when i think about it the the lottery odds are actually frozen
0: yeah the lottery odds are exactly so if
1: the team doesn't get into the playoffs that's currently out of the playoffs yeah so yeah. like if the kings don't make it they stay where they would have been they which would, is so. like 12th or whatever interesting yeah, yeah. I, I guess that makes sense. It's just weird because they want us to count these games, and they do, and so the awards don't dictate that, but it does feel odd. And and I hope that people have to submit their ballots before next Thursday because, you know, I don't want any, like, LeBron has a 30-point game. That starts changing people's minds. I don't want any of that shit
0: happening. That's what I'd love for, uh, to see. He's already been campaigning for the MVP. He had a media session recent uh, a couple days ago. I know where uh, he talked about, he said exactly what I said. He's like, people said I couldn't win in the West. Now I'm in the West and I'm winning.
1: Yeah. Talk to me when Curry's warriors and Duncan Spurs are still around. The other thing, John Hollinger, by the way, for the athletic, he used to work for the Grizzlies. He put out a, uh, I shouldn't even be getting, I can't believe I'm getting mad about this, but he put out this article on his awards for the season, his second team rookie, which granted is a very low honor, but it should Rui should be on that list. (laughs) This is where analytics has gone wrong, dude. There's a guy yeah. on his second team who literally averages five points and three rebounds. Who is Co- it? Cody Martin for the Hornets. Oh, I my
0: God. I know, I know the. I don't even know who that is. And I consider myself, you know, somewhat of a basketball fan out here. I remember him. I, I can picture him right now. He's got a funky <laughs> hairstyle, like a little bun.
1: And on his first team was Terrence Davis from Toronto. Yeah who averages eight points. He's kind a best. solid. Yeah, but not first team. First team. Yeah. One of the five best rookies. And so someone commented, and they were like, what about Rui? He's like, Rui played a lot. That doesn't mean he played well. And I canceled my athletic subscription. Wait, did you really? I, I think I was, <laughs> I was on like one of those quarantine free trials. I think I'm good without it. Red- redirect that money to League Pass.
0: Yeah. Look, I hate it when these guys get too cute with their, with their picks, and they... Yeah, Like, I get it. You want to favor the good teams and the like the guys who play a small role in the good team. But at some point, like, if you ask any team today, would they rather take Rui or would they rather take uh, Cody Martin. Martin? Who are they going to say? Like, that gives you your answer right there. And, like, at, at what point do we get a, get our
1: head out of the ass of analytics and just be like, production has to matter. Like, you have to be able to score, right? You If you come out for five minutes a game and have the most productive five minutes of all time that doesn't make you you can't just scale yeah. that up and be like look this guy's per 36 minutes incredible like we have to like use numbers within a sense of reason i think a lot of people have lost that notion in the way they analyze the game they've yeah. turned it into pure equation
0: i mean efficiency drops as usage goes up so you can't blame a guy like Rui for not being as efficient when he's playing like big minutes so yeah Anyway, yeah, I mean, that's funny. When we, that's funny that when we go back. back. It's like, who cares what Hollinger's pu- putting in as his all-NBA or all-rookie second team?
1: When we get back to the offseason, which is probably going to be soon, and we go back and retroactively hand out the right second-team all-rookie hardware, we'll make sure to count, you know, whatever happens with Rui on that list. <laughs> Have you bought his jersey yet? Are you close no, I wanted to get the. I'm. I i can not wear jerseys, man. I'm fucking thirty-one. He's nineteen or twenty or twenty-one, whatever. I'm not gonna wear his jersey, but I wanted to get the Japanese writing one because that one's sick.
0: Oh, of course, you and your jerseys with Asian writing on them. You're all about the. Trying to be cultural, man.
1: <laughs> but
0: all right, well, cool, man. I mean, we got one more week. A bunch of more scrimmage games to hold us over until next Thursday, which we got what Jazz Pelicans first, and then I think Lakers Clippers as the marquee game on Thursday evening. So yep. that should be a good one. We'll definitely record after that so we can dive deep into to that game and uh you know hopefully we'll see LeBron, Kawhi, PG, all those guys out there. I think it should be good. But we're so close. Seven more so molding. close.
1: And for those keeping score, Giannis basically, uh, sorry, Zion basically has to be back in the bubble by like Sunday uh, to be eligible to play for Thursday, and yes. they need him out there every single game. So I can't as a wait. Kings fan, I'm watching that very
0: closely. I'm hoping yeah. he comes in, you know, as late as possible. Just retra- refreshing flight tracker over and <laughs> over again. <laughs> well, actually, one of my buddies who's a Kings fan was doing that. He was like. There's apparently a private flight from uh, Sacramento going to Orlando because we're trying to figure out when Barnes, is, Harrison Barnes, is coming back. Um, so he's been trying to like, and wasn't obviously that they're or... not announcing it. It wasn't, but he was like, "Oh, I'm reading a bunch of things. Like, there's a private plane. Like, apparently supposed to land in Orlando tonight. I think that's Harrison Barnes. <laughs> he still hasn't left. That and could like, have been Alex no. Len, though, right? No, no, it wasn't Len either. It, I don't, I don't think it was any Kings player. So, you know, you have a bad when you're tracking Alex Len and yeah, <laughs> seeing his flights is... out. It may be time to just take a step back and reevaluate life's priorities. But, hey, more power to them. Exactly. Well, all right, man. This was fun. Um, Looking forward to next week. And then uh, we can actually talk real NBA basketball again. All right. For everyone listening, please subscribe. on all major platforms. And then send us questions. Send us your thoughts on the scrimmages, on the games. hoops at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.